Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Welcome back to Level Up Podcast, everybody. This is Matt Johnson. I've got Brendan Payne with me. Unfortunately, Greg is not here to join us. He is gallivanting all over the place, doing some traveling, and uh, unfortunately can't be with us, but we're going to have some fun. We're talking about tactics to get 10 listings a month in a zero inventory market. And I, yes, I did use quotation marks for that. We'll talk about why in a second. Um, but first of all, uh, just welcome back, Brendan. I'm excited to uh, be here. We don't ever get to do this, just the two of us. Yeah, this is good. I'm glad uh, Greg's out gallivanting around and doing his traveling, so it's good to catch up with you. <laughs> so so, uh, so the zero inventory thing, you have a very interesting perspective on that. I put it in, in quotation marks because it's not its not a real thing. What do you mean by that? Yeah, it's not really, you know, if you look around in most markets, um, they're, they're probably trending to be doing the same amount or even more transactions than they were in past years. So it's really the first uh, step in being able to take the listings you want is understand it. It's not a zero inventory. We're not out of inventory. I think the difference is that when we get inventory, it moves really quickly. So our churn rate is off the charts in most markets. But people have to understand what you're telling yourself every day dictates what you're gonna go and actually do. So if you're saying there's no inventory, then why are you gonna go out and do anything different to go find inventory? So in a nutshell, that's kind of my my belief right now. And we'll dig in a little bit more on that uh, in in the future, but there's plenty of inventory. It's just going and figuring out what do I need to do adjust in my business to find it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think that without that key stat, you know, it can feel a little bit like, oh, well, you're just telling me to have a different mindset. But if you've got the numbers to back it up, and the numbers don't say it's actually low inventory, it's 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 velocity, it's it's the timing of how long they stay on the market, that yeah. that does change things, right? And that yeah. that does mean that it's the same number of transactions generally that are out there as there would be in any other year. We'll get into the mindset stuff in another another episode. We want to dig into the practical stuff. Um, but what are yeah, what are you telling agents right now in terms of going out there? Let's say they have the right mindset. Let's assume that. Let's assume they. They listen to the next episode and they get their mindset yeah. right. Uh, what are some of the practical things you would recommend? Well, first off is you have to um, you have to really look at where your business has come from in the past. And a lot of times after we get to the point where we're doing um, a decent amount of business and we're fairly comfortable, we try we gravitate towards a few pillars. And they're the pillars that we're good at. So I can remember in the first, probably the first five or six years of my business, I'm primarily listing focused and 80% of my transactions were coming from expired listings. But that was in a market in 2007 through 2011. Right. We had 30 expired listings a day that came Oof. off. And so there was plenty of things to go after. And you got really skilled at that. And you generated immediate business. And all those people that decided they didn't want to do something became your database. Well, right now, it's tough to make a living on expireds when there's maybe one a day. And then you've got the same amount of people trying to go after the same one. So <laughs> right. expanding your pillars and understanding that, you know what, I might need to add in some additional things that maybe I stopped doing before. If I'm, you know, we're always looking for immediate business, but the, the, the maturity time for somebody that's maybe thinking about selling to pull in the trigger right now has been condensed. So make some just listed, just sold calls. They might be a, a maybe now, and in six months, they're ready to go because the market's moving so quickly. 
So being able to kind of open up and say, I might have to do a few things differently than I have in the past to get the same results is actually going to position you to, uh, to be able to uh, take advantage of all the different movement. And right now it's just having a conversation. Don't pigeonhole yourself to, you know, I really don't like making, um, you know, just uh, circle prospecting calls, or I really yeah. don't do FISBOs. It's a contact. And right now, every single person that owns a property is thinking about selling. They're just trying to figure out when and who do they choose. So if that's on everybody's mind, just go get in a different conversation. And, um, you know, that's how you're going to set yourself up to, uh, to be in a position to get to us. Yeah, that, that is a big one, though. We'll talk about that more in the mindset episode, but that you, you hit the nail on the head. Like once you're comfortable with expires, some people flow and take that exact same skill set into FISBOs and don't give it a second thought. Others spend their entire careers and never go in. And to me, like I always thought of them as similar enough to where if you could handle expires, you can handle FISBOs and it was like slightly different phrasing, a little bit of difference in the communication, but yeah. generally more of the same. I mean, it's a little bit longer of a time horizon, but yeah, I think uh, if you're in the market like that, where expires just are not an option, you've got to, you've got to be willing to step outside of that. And it is interesting. You can get away in other markets in just saying like, Hey, I don't do that. I only yeah. focus on expires and I don't do physical. I, I don't know that you have an option <laughs> of just digging in right now. No, no, you really have to. I mean, you've got to, if the goal is to to maintain or increase um, grow your business, then you've got to be willing to do some things that you're that you're um, not used to doing. Yeah, agreed. Comfort and discomfort. So you made just a, a quick reference to it, but let's talk about the communication and kind of compressing. Uh, you know, people just in terms of their perceptions, the market is moving hot. And it sounds like that's having an effect on homeowners to where their own time frame mm -hmm. might be moving up. And so we need to adjust. How do we adjust to their time frame? Yeah. So one of the things that, that, that I've done is just I've eliminated the, um, the picture of having a 12 month year. So if you went into my database and, and said, OK, show me somebody that you're following up with, they're not really doing anything immediately. I would have people in a normal year in an October follow-up, November, December, they might be six or nine month nurtures, just people that I'm continually keeping up to date with. Maybe they've got a tenant. There's something at some point they're going to sell. They've told me that, but it's not right away. Mm -hmm. Those people, and this started about a year ago, those people, the more I talked to them as the market continued to improve, I found out they were already making moves. So mm -hmm. I had great conversations with them and said, all right, I'll follow up with you in October. And I find out, I, you know, they sold last July. Right. So now I've shrunk the year down where just imagine a six month year. And the, so that's the maximum. Anybody that's in those long-term nurture is going to be out. And I'm trying to talk to everybody in that, in that group every 90 days, because mm -hmm. the person that today says, now follow up with me after the first of the year, there's a good chance something changed either in the market, what they were going to do, what their perception of what is, is going on, that perception changed. And in October, they make a move and I'm three months behind when I go and follow up. So just condensing that follow up time, um, I think is going to, there's no downside. There's no downside whatsoever. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, think about times and there's a lot of you know, just societal flux, you know, it's kind of in the atmosphere, just a lot of, of change. And then of course, you've got the fact that we're coming off of, you know, a year in which we were, you know, 
voluntarily or not locked inside of our homes. There's a lot of pent up demand. You've got people that had to put off their plans to move that all of a sudden just kind of stayed put for a while for various reasons. So yeah, it's just a, it's a chain. It's a time of a lot of change and then potentially stacked the the pent up demand to move on top of that. That makes total sense. Just increase the communication, compress your time frame. The people that you would normally plan to reach out to, you know, three months, six months from now, reach out to them now and just step up the frequency of communication with them, hoping to catch them at the time when they decide all of a sudden to pull the trigger on something. Yeah. And you know, it, it may seem like, well, why would, why would I every quarter, if that's not my COI or somebody like that, why would I need to? Well, just think about right now, we're in the third week of April. Can you remember what was going on in January right now? Like in, in January, we started the year. We're like, man, it's a crazy market, but we didn't think it was going to get like this. Mm-hmm. And so in a 90 day period, that stuff's going on with every single person that you've touched at some point, go back, get the update. Very few of them are going to be like, oh my gosh, you know, I know everything. It's been the same for 90 days. Nothing has stayed the same for 90 days. Now it makes you wonder how many people in your area uh, know someone who put their home on the market and got 15, 20, 30 offers, you know, like that kind of stuff just kind of adds up because yeah. that's, that's where most people decide, you know, they watch the news a little bit. They might read your emails and stuff, but most people decide that the market is hot by what they hear from friends and family. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. They, they, the sales cycle typically is, you know, they figure out I've got a need or a desire to sell. And then before they ever pick up the phone and call an agent, then they're going to go out and they're going to try to get some information on their own. Zillow, Trulia, your your um, different um, home valuation tools and stuff like that. They're going to get their information. Then they're going to formulate their opinion. Then once they formulate their opinion on what's going on in the market, exactly what you just said. They go out and look for that third party. The third mm-hmm. party isn't an agent. It's the friend, <laughs> no. the family, the neighbor. As you hear, Jim sold his home in five minutes, 10 offers, full price. Yep. So that's, you know... <laughs> And then all of a sudden they're like, man, it's a really good market. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, then they start to think about, well, do, am I moving in town? Which creates the other, the other side of that equation, which is, yeah, the market's hot, but do I want to buy into it? But yeah, they always, they, they start with, um, with talking to friends and family. So let's talk about the, the third, the third kind of tactic, practical way that we can deal with the, the zero inventory market. Let's talk a little bit about tech and automation. Yeah. So obviously the first two tasks should be filling a good amount of your time. You're going to be able to start picking up other pillars and increasing the frequency with um, how quickly you're talking with people. So you don't have any more than 24 hours in a day. So you have to start taking advantage or amplify what you've been doing in terms of automation and tech. So let's say automation first, you can go, if you've got that database and all this stuff, obviously, you know, it goes without being said, be compliant, but you've got your database and now you can put them, I use Real Geeks, I put them on a Real Geeks workflow. And if I make that call and I haven't talked with them, I'm still going to get that contact and ask for that call back or, you know, can we schedule a time? Even if I make the call and don't get ahead of them or get a hold of them, now they're on a three or four point workflow or drip or whatever you want to call it. And so I'm staying in front of them, staying top of mind. That would be one example on the automation. Um, I also use Contact Junkie. Contact Junkie gets all those people that are my initial leads that come in. They're raising their hand from, you know, one website or from one lead provider. You can bet they're getting inundated with a bunch of other places that they've kind of walked through and raised their hand. So 
I've got to outlast the other people that are making manual attempts to get a hold of people. And I've got to be there on the sixth or seventh attempt on day three, where they're like, man, this guy really wants to talk to me. So that's critical. You can't, you can't compete manually right now. And then on the tech side of it, it's simple stuff. Like how many of those people that you end up with a lead from have bad information? When you're able to go in there and use uh, a data provider to be able to track down the right information, do a reverse lookup from an email, mm -hmm. then at that point, you've got an edge because most agents still look at it, say it's a bad number, dead lead, they move on. And the data's out there. They signed up one way or another, either with a good name, a good email, good phone number, or a combination. And if you've got a couple of those points, then you're probably going to be able to track somebody down and uh, maybe be the only one that gets through. Interesting. Okay. There's a lot more we could dive into there, but I know we don't have a ton of time because you've still got a couple uh, tactical things up your sleeve that I want to get to. We'll close out there. Uh, so Contact Junkie and Exact Alec, just how do people find out more about that? Yeah. So, I mean, it's contactjunkie.com and, and exactdial.com. I've been using both of them for probably, well, since they started, and I think they're probably a year and a half to two years old. So mm. great data, um, user-friendly, good support. So check them out. Yeah. I was going to say, like you talk about, you know, just the red ocean, blue ocean, you know, red ocean is where all the, you know, expired listings or, or the data that's easy to find. Everybody's going to yeah. go after that. And that's where all the competition is. The blue ocean isn't doing the stuff that most people won't take that extra step to do, or they just don't know that tools like exact dial are out there, for example, and you go and yeah. you find somebody that gave you a wrong number or gave you a missing piece of information, you go find it. You might be the only person contacting them. If they were smart enough to do that across the other platforms where they sure. raised their hand, they may have given everyone a fake email or a fake uh, phone number. So if you can find the real thing, more power to you. Uh, and then you've got a new course up in real estate sales solutions. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So there's there's actually a, one that's relevant to this. There's a free listing course out there that was just a role play that I did with some friends of mine on, on in um, uh, the West Coast in Arizona. And we go through and they hit me with some pretty hard objections. So Check that out if you're getting some of the objections and stuff that you're having a tough time with. I, I cover some of the mindset. We talk a lot about like, why did you say that? Not just the script, because scripts are great. But if you don't understand why somebody said something, then it's a lot more difficult to pull it off. You repeat the same thing. You're like, it didn't work. Yeah. So there's a lot of conversation around that. And then, um, uh, gosh, probably 90 days ago, I released uh, Agent Accelerator, which is really my blueprint from going from zero to a hundred transactions and, and staying at that level and growing from there within the first three years in business. So if anybody's looking at growing, doesn't mean you have to want to do a hundred transactions. It's about going from wherever you are today and moving up in terms of being able to be more efficient, increase your skills. And of course, mindset. Love it. So all those links will be in the show notes. And then let's finish out with uh, one of your last favorite tactical, practical things people can do. Yeah, I would say um, understand that right now, things don't stay the same forever. So if you aren't willing to change your business when the market's changing, then you're going to be behind. So pick something once a week, just pick one thing that's a chokehold in your business, or you're getting stuck with um, efficiency, where you don't even know, like, what's he talking about with exact dial? What's he talking about with being automated? Just take an hour and go figure that one thing out. 
remove yourself from all the stuff and the craziness that's going on. Go solve a problem in your business. You do that between now and the end of the year, and you're going to have 30, 40 problems solved. And I promise there's going to be growth on the other end of that. Man, yeah, that is so true. Uh, it's uh, and, and even I fall into this trap sometimes. You buy a, a tool, a piece of software, something. And you know that if you invest just a little bit of time, you can get into it and really figure out how to use it, but it ends up sitting on the shelf. And you're right. If you just tackle one thing a week, you'll look up and the next thing you know, you've got 50 of those things accomplished. Uh, and that's yeah, a great a great point because it's hard in the moment to see how that pays off because mm -hmm. all you feel is the pain of having to sit down and focus on something. But if you just yeah. think about it one week, one hour, I'm going to have 30, 40, 50 problems solved by the end of the year. Yeah, I love that approach. So uh, for everybody, if you enjoy the podcast, you know, keep on listening, keep on sharing with agents in your office. We really appreciate the folks that already do that. Uh, make sure that you go leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That's one of the most helpful things you can do to thank Brandon and Greg for hosting the show and for all of their contribution. If there was a guest that you really like, make sure you give them the shout out in the review, make them feel good and give them some love. Other than that, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Brendan. See everybody on the next yeah. episode. Thank you.